0: Hello and welcome to We the People. A Spanish court this week ordered a man to pay his ex-wife compensation of more than 200,000 euros for her 25 years of unpaid domestic labor during their marriage. The court arrived at this figure based on the minimum wage for each year the couple spent together. The sentence, which was reported on the eve of International Women's Day, has now reignited conversations about unpaid domestic labor, whether it should be monetarily compensated. How would that even be? happen. In recent years, ironically, India has scored significant gains in various development parameters. This includes economic growth, women's education and reducing fertility rates. Yet, India's female labor force participation rates remain among the lowest in the world. Why is that? What does this have to do with unpaid labor? Is it time to start compensating women for unpaid care work? Is this an utopian idea? Joining us tonight, we have Namrata Chindarkar, a public policy educator and researcher, an associate professor at the School of Public Policy at the Indian Institute of Management, Ahmedabad, Prahlad Kakkar, ad film director, Shrayana Bhattacharya, who's an economist in the World Bank's a social protection and labor unit for South Asia, also the author of Desperately Seeking, Shah Khan, which looks uh, at the state of the economy and politics of women and inequality, uh, we have Ms. RTC Rajaratnam, a psychologist and author. Metali Nikkor, a feminist economist studying infrastructure, gender and structural barriers. Uh, Shrayana uh, will be joining us soon. So I want to first establish what the problem really is, right? The responsibility of domestic work often falls disproportionately on women. This is an undisputed fact. It is a global phenomenon. There have been many studies on this. Uh, is it more pervasive in India? We'll go across to our economists. But first, I want to ask Pralat Kakkar, uh, ad film director, joining us, Mr. Kakkar. You know, a simple question: When we when we look at this, and it seems so problematic, yet somehow over the years we've seen, and certainly me growing up, all ads portray women as happy with doing housework.
1: <laughs> I'm sure the uh, the advertising world and the world of products will turn on and on research, turn on and find that it's not true at all. The fact is that they're happy doing what they're doing because they've been conditioned from the time that they're born that that is going to be their role in life. From not from their fathers, not from society, from their mothers, which is actually a self. Uh, Prophesizing philosophy, you know. I mean, the the prophecy is self-inflicted because it comes from mother to daughter to mother to daughter. Now, I'll tell you what. Let me lay out what the basic problem first. The basic problem is that in Indian hear homes, him. especially with I women, I cannot
0: hear
2: him. This is
1: hello. Can you hear me now? Hello. Can you hear me? I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. So, the problem in India is basically is that when women become economically independent, then they become independent human beings. As long as they are economically dependent on the husband and the husband family, Mm. they don't have too much of a choice of of taking whatever shit has given to them. Mm. Now, the thing is that a lot of men, even till today, resent the fact that the women want to, despite doing all homework, want to go out there and work and become financially independent. Correct. They resent it because they feel that the moment a woman becomes financially independent, she's going to turn around and question them as to why. And also, nobody wants that, that to happen. Fascinating. Because when they, when they start questioning them why, why, why should I do this? And why should you take this money and spend it here? I would much rather you spend it here. Then that becomes a a revolt in the house, you know, as far as uh, patriarchal societies are concerned, because women are supposed to be seen, not heard. Mm, Right? mm. Now, the moment you turn around and share a question like this is that if a servant in the house is being paid 15,000 rupees a month to do katka, jhadu, and wash the buttons, then how much should the woman be paid for care, for looking after the children, for looking after the husband, for Mm. supervising the house, and running it efficiently like a manager? Yeah. So she should be paid at least 25,000 rupees a month, minimum.
0: Okay, so a very important point you're raising. The system works. What does this mean for managers? Often women are confined to housework by their husbands and their family, that is the in-laws. And in the case... (laughs) I beg your pardon. This uh, I'm down with a bit of a flu. In this case, in Spain, uh, you know, the man who was ordered to pay the fine. Was allegedly the one who had restricted the woman from working and had oh, designated domestic you. chores as her sole responsibility. And that really would leave her with no offer, no option to earn a living uh, or to achieve financial independence, and thereby tying her down to house the household and to
1: a uh, uh, dependence, to economic dependence.
0: So, if you had a system of compensation for domestic labour, then housewives could be financially stable, independent. They would not uh, they would not need not to leave a marriage. They will also have some agency in the world. But is India not changing? Mr. Uh, Kakar, I am going to ask you this because I want to just play this um, clip that we have of this aerial ad. But that said only in
1: metro, only in okay. big cities. Okay. And that also a very minuscule amount. I have known people, I have known girls who when they get married... They, one of the conditions that the uh, in laws and the husband such as, I mean, they will not work after marriage, especially if they are working very successfully. So I've had girls in my office working extremely well
3: mm. with very
1: bright futures who now have to get married, and the guy said that you know you won't work. So I've told them this very clearly. Anybody who asks you not to work tell them to go fly kite.
0: All right. So only in urban. India, is this change happening and it's happening slowly. Uh, let's just play a clip of this uh, aerial ad, share the load. And we will go across uh, to the agency behind that and quickly chat with them.
3: What's wrong with you? You're losing your job. Is what? But, son, after marriage, you've increased work. But you're alone alone. You're with Akash you. too. You can help you in that work. Right? How do you say ghar ka kaam nahi aata matlab you have to finish your
4: breakfast very nice
3: finish this okay जब मधु दीदी
1: सर्विस करने लगी थी वो टाइपिस्ट की ना सिर्फ ₹6 तनखा अब मेरी बहू मेरी बेटी से ज्यादा कमाती है
5: किसने सोचा
3: था लड़की इतनी आगे बढ़ जाएगी अरे औरत होने का मजा इस जमाने
5: में है रिया वो मेरी ग्रीन धोई क्यों नहीं
0: all right, so that really uh, touches a chord there. But uh, Josie Paul, chairman and creative head of BBDO India, which created this ad campaign, aerial campaign for uh, Procter & Gamble, uh, joins us now. Uh, you know, uh, accolades to you for uh, for this. But how did this idea germinate? How did it start?
5: Yeah, so in 2015, uh, p and came to us uh, Saying how can we increase brand love, yeah, for the for for Ariel? How can we get more consumers to emotionally connect with Ariel? And for us as a team, we always feel that context is important. Yeah, we focus on that. We always say that uh, content is king, but context is King Kong. Yeah, and so while we were searching and discovering and uncovering stuff in the household we chanced upon a startling sort of research which showed that women in India spend five hours a day on household chores while men put up their legs watch TV and do only 19 minutes of household work yeah so when we found that we said hey there is something going on that no one's talking about And as a brand, can we bring this up and out there? And that's how our first campaign asked a very important question, which is, is laundry only a woman's job? And the resolution was share the load. And that's how the... Entire campaign begin. And
0: it's important to see the, see this on the big screen as you sit down with your family members to watch TV. If, if, I'm sure families still do that. But did you <coughs> face a pushback? Was your client happy? Uh, because we live in this age where so many ads have had to be taken back because of, you know, you've uh, touched a raw nerve with the audiences. Let me ask you what I asked Kakar. Is India ready for this?
5: Yeah, because I, I mean, we were, we were ourselves excited to see the kind of outpouring of conversations and debate that resulted because of this idea. And, and, and we realized that we had tapped into something very deep within society. And I think we got a lot of support and the support came from a lot of women groups as well. And women, who uh, you know, are leading change. Uh, yeah, because I think uh, I mean in 2015 we're talking about 2015 when there was no reference points for us. And the thing about social media when we started this was that you get immediate response, right? You know whether this is going to work or not. Yeah. And and, and we we got that response. And more importantly, influential women, influential you know news channels, etc., began to talk about it. So we knew we had done the, we seem to have tapped into something that was true. And the thing about household is that unlike a lot of other conversations, these conversations are just left within the household and no one can really say this is right or wrong, but you can place it out there. Like in the the second edition of this, we had a father confessing. Uh, He said, he's sorry to his daughter that, you know he had done the wrong thing to his to her mom now, who can go against that? That is the truth, right? But nobody had ever said it, and we've seen it in our own lives, so it's our lives playing out, you know.
0: Thanks, thanks, Josie. Thanks for that. I want to bring in Shriana uh, here. Uh, Shriana, Pralat Kakar was saying this is just, this change that you're seeing is just in urban India, cosmopolitan India, where you can watch this. Uh, would this resonate with women? And you've researched and worked with lots of women in rural India. Uh, this uh, unpaid labor is a global phenomenon. Yes, many studies on this. Is this more pervasive in India?
2: Sarah, I'll leave some of the numbers perhaps to Namrata and Mitadali because I know they've recently written papers and and it's very exciting work. But I'll say two things. One, uh, for the purposes of my research, uh, and i link Shah Rukh Khan to this question of time poverty of women, many rural women that I interviewed over 15 years, when I'd asked them, why do you like Shah Rukh? What they would say is because he shows up in the kitchen and he does in many of his songs Mm. and ads and movies. Uh, You know, even in the last interview he did, uh, he was making chicken for his wife and David Letterman, if anyone remembers this, Um, and he was chopping vegetables in DDLJ. And I think I'm using that as an example to say this unfair distribution of domestic work, this feminization of utter exhaustion. Um, is actually a complaint very much felt across generations, not just in urban areas, but rural as well. Mm-hmm. And you see women pushing against it. I think what's different though, Sarah, and this is really important, is there are no aerial ads or washing machines catering to the infrastructure needs of rural women. Um, I think the solutions when it comes to rural areas or tribal Jharkhand, for example, will essentially involve improving infrastructure when it comes to water access. So much of what women are doing is spending time going and collecting water firewood all these kinds and of things and that affects materials. education for young girls for example absolutely absolutely and so to me i think absolutely the question of how unfair and lopsided the story around unpaid work is holds both in urban and rural i do think aspirations in rural india are shifting as well uh there are girls out there saying we want men who will chop chop carrots and help us with all of this kind of work right but what the the solutions may be different, Sarah. It won't be. It might be you know thinking about water, energy, infrastructure in much more creative ways mm. to reduce this time burden on women.
0: Okay. So uh, Namrata uh, Chindarkar uh, Shreya says that Bhattacharya says uh, that women are now speaking out more. They're you know questioning the system. But why not uh, our governments, our public policy? Because as an economist, something our planner should they not be concerned about this? Because we want, you know, India is this the next big uh, thing on the economy, and uh, it affects our GDP. It becomes, which is a measure of a country's economic progress. For that reason alone, should we not be hearing more uh, planners talk about this?
3: Absolutely, Sarah, and, and thank you, Shreya, for setting the tone. There, uh, they are, uh, maybe not in the sense that we are talking here, which is to say, okay, we are going to compensate women uh, for domestic work, uh, but the narrative. Uh, around policies such as Ujjwala Yojana, now the Jaljeevan Mission, uh, previously even uh, the Swachh Bharat Mission, has always been that women are at the center of these policies and all of this in the end is going to help them reduce their burden, the Mm. domestic burden of time being spent on uh, what we call caring as well as uh, home production activities. Mm. Uh, Interestingly, and and since Shriyana referred to data, Uh, Because, uh, you know, we've been crunching these numbers for a while, Uh, what is happening is somehow policy seems to have limitations. So when we break down all of these time poverty measures uh, by, say, a household that has an LPG connection versus a household that is dependent on firewood, uh, the time spent on domestic uh, unpaid work is, is different just by a few minutes, like less than 10 minutes. And, and that is the conundrum I think uh, we should really be focusing on. So it seems like policy can can do something to improve women's drudgery of doing certain tasks. But whatever time is being saved in safe cooking mm. seems to be getting utilized mm. or, you know, maybe the social norms say that, oh, now that you have, you know, 10 minutes more, uh, go, you know, do something else. And uh, why are you just sitting around? Uh, and and the and the discussion is missing this very important thing about women's time which is mm-hmm. leisure which is self care yeah. uh, and the cognitive burdens that they face uh, when you know they have to not just do tasks but just to coordinate to manage a household uh, which uh, Mr. Kakad was mentioning right at the beginning. Uh, and the time use data doesn't really capture those kind of cognitive burdens, which really are becoming like a mental health yes. uh, no, a concern. what is So, what is, uh, so what is the
0: social fallout of this? RTC Rajaratnam, please come in here. Women disproportionately burdened with the responsibility of carrying out domestic labour. Uh, as our economists here have said, scarcity of time doesn't allow them to pursue other hobbies, interests, paid work, watch a Shah Khan movie. So you're basically doing a second shift at home. So men come home after a long day of work. They can kick off their shoes and wedge out in front of the TV. But women have to get on to their second shift. How does this affect mental health? See,
6: when we take mental health, uh, somewhere in India, you know, it's sort of really low on the list. Like, you know... Uh, economy somewhere we we give so much importance to everything on the outside we don't realize um and uh professor namruta beautifully mentioned the word cognitive burden you know it's not just cognitive it's also an emotional load because here i i would like to bring in a very important point which is you know when women get into a marriage uh especially when they're not economically um uh, uh, free or they don't have the kind of financial uh, freedom that they'd like to have. Uh, that already places a huge load on them because they somehow feel unwanted in the marriage. They made reminded so many times that you know they haven't really contributed anything. And somewhere, you know, this whole debate is around the financial aspect of it. When we've forgotten that women bring actually a lot more to the family. Uh, I, I personally believe that women, you know, hold the entire family together. So when the person holding the family together isn't um balanced in that sense, is constantly exhausted. There is a research that says that women sleep about 71% less than men do. They hardly get time for themselves. And, uh, you know, there are so many gender stereotypes that keep them in that role that they're playing. And, you know, many of uh, what, many of the things that we discussed are still urban India. A uh, few things came in from a, a rural India, but I'm not even talking about rural India. I'm talking about the unorganized sector, you know, our domestic help, the woman who works uh, on the street, things like the 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 vendor on the street, people like that don't even have time uh, for for relaxing. And when this happens, you know, over a period of time, uh, they don't even understand the stresses that are working on them because there's constant repression, constant fatigue and sleep deprivation, and an inability to address what they really uh, would like to uh you know sort of work on so in that sense when you say what is the mental health fallout i'm sure many of them don't even get diagnosed but uh most women uh who are in this uh in this you know the system that is skewed against them um you know uh, exhibit symptoms that are physical because if they would you know actually communicate and say that they're stressed out or something like that they will be shamed for that as well so in that sense i think you know um my my take on the whole thing is that we're being very, very unfair to women. It's not just the financial aspect of it, but the whole aspect of the load that she has to carry in so many ways.
0: So that brings us back to the question, should women then be compensated for this? And how do you decide uh, how much, how do you measure women's unpaid work? Mithali Nikore, um, aren't economists divided on this too, because I think a few years ago, in some assembly elections in the states, political parties promised that women would get paid for this labour. At that point of time, there were, um, you know, some economists who said that this would further entrench the gender gap. Why is that? Could you explain that?
4: Thanks, thanks, Sara, for including me in the debate and also for using a lot of our research uh, in all of, you uh, know, all of the uh, the playouts that are playing all the data is from our NICOR Associates research, so very proud to, uh, you know, put that out there with Observer Research Foundation. Uh, I think just a couple of mythbusters before I answer your question directly, Sarah. The first is, uh, you know, as Mr. Kakar said right at the beginning, that, oh, it's, you know, actually changing in urban areas but not in rural areas. That's actually not true. When we look at our data, it's actually the gap in urban areas is 9.6 times. That is urban women are doing 9.6 times more unpaid work than urban men, whereas in rural areas, the difference is 8.4. So rural areas, men are pitching in a lot more. And secondly, when women are more educated, they are graduates, they are working, even then they are putting in that double shift. But if they are not married, they're actually doing far less unpaid work. So, I, when, when I go and present this paper at many, you know, colleges, I often joke with the students, just be careful about getting married because when you get married, you're doing 5.4 times, uh,
0: you know, more unpaid care work than an unmarried woman.
4: So, so fascinating. Uh, you know, Two
0: important things you're saying. Educational, uh, and education does not appear to even out the distribution of care work, right? No, so, if no, I'm more educated, doesn't. I'm... So, that means, is that because... Uh, I have married someone who's also equally educated and so he feels he's not going to do it. But what about if I'm educated, I'm probably earning an income and I am outsourcing my burden on some other poor woman who has to now do the shift.
4: Absolutely, but you're still
0: managing her. But you're still managing her. And the management
4: of the domestic work is also domestic work. And therefore, the time goes into doing unpaid work in many, many ways. In fact, the three biggest activities on which you see p- women spending time when doing unpaid care work is child care elderly care and cooking these are the three biggest activities and a lot of this cannot be outsourced you can't always un- uh, you know outsource outsource child care or elderly care so in such a situation you know when you talk about paying a woman for unpaid care work, for child care, for elderly care, for cooking, sometimes these are, firstly, you know, there's an emotional argument, right? These are things you do for your family. So you may not want to be paid for that. And the second is a practical argument where you say, how are you going to value this? At what level are you going to value this? How are you going to monitor the hours? Who is going to make the payments? There's a practical aspect. But the third aspect is really about entrenching This as a woman's job, do you want these tasks to always be known as women's work and therefore pay only women for them? I mean, if you are paying as the state, then you should pay any person of any gender who performs these tasks, Okay, you know, in order to then not entrench them.
0: Oh, thank you so much. We've raised just so many uh, points to think about. I want to quickly just end, if I can, really short answers. What is the solution? What do our policy planners need to do? Shriana has, has already touched on this. Uh, you know, uh, If I can just get all of you to go for first. Shriana?
2: Um, Sarah, I want to highlight that the ILO in 2018 came out with a report which said Indian men rank in the bottom five of the world when it comes to just showing up in the kitchen. So I actually am going to end not with a technocratic response. I think we've talked about it. Show up like Shah Rukh, chop some (laughs) vegetables, take care of the kids, share in the cognitive burden. Um, Maybe if Paternity Benefit Acts and laws within the labor space start to actually support informal workers, both men and women to do so, we'll start to see some of this time poverty burden shift. I think it's time for men to really pull up men should step up to the plate. Shriana bharachari thank you
0: for uh, wrapping this up for us. I apologize, uh, Mr. Kakar and all of our economists. Uh, uh, I, I, ho- I wanted to come across to you, but it seems I'm completely out of time. But Shriana has summed it up well. I think we're all in agreement. Thank you for being part of this conversation. It's important that we raise issues like this. We'll continue to do so on We The People, a show where we believe it's important to speak up, but it's also important to listen. Thank you. Good night.